0: Welcome to Logical, the UE's first and only regular legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. I'm with Ludmilla Yamalava. She's the managing partner of the Dubai-based legal firm, HPL Yamalova & Plethka, based here in Dubai. Ludmilla, always great to see you.
1: Good to be here with you, Tim.
0: This episode of Logical, uh, a light Logical, a shorter version perhaps, but it's all about wrongful eviction. And this is kind of an interesting one. To me, I've been evicted, as per the law, I've just been given a year's notice uh, where I live, and I got the court eviction notice a few months ago, i just renewed my rent, my landlord apparently wants to sell the house, Uh, so he's within his rights, this is not wrongful eviction, and in Dubai, where we are right now, if a landlord wrongfully evicts a tenant, it is the law, is it not, that a tenant can claim compensation from a landlord?
1: Correct. Uh, so just by way of, uh, of recap and reminder is that in terms of tenancy laws in the UAE, they're very much Emirate-based and Emirate-specific, which means sure. that if we're talking about properties in Dubai, Dubai has its own rental laws. Other Emirates have their own rental laws. What we're talking about today is the Dubai rental laws and Dubai rental laws courts uh, and jurisprudence. And as you rightfully uh, pointed out, that in Dubai, uh, evictions are subject to uh, to very strict or conditional upon very strict terms and have a pretty high uh, burden of proof. And among other things, what we're talking about is that for a landlord to evict uh, a tenant, there have to be specific grounds for eviction. Uh, We've covered this Previously, we've done uh, a number of, of podcasts on this topic, so uh, we you know, we will not go into the, the kind of nitty-gritty details, but for the purposes of wrongful eviction for today's uh, topic, what we want to focus on is those evictions or where landlords evict their tenant on the representations of... Um, um, having to or wanting to move in into the property themselves mm-hmm. so that is one of the valid grounds for eviction because you cannot just evict the tenant because the contract ended that's not the case in dubai contracts here lease contracts automatically basically renew on the same terms and conditions uh, except and there is a few exceptions so one of the exceptions, if you you can be evicted at the end of your tenancy uh, and if the landlord wants to move in into the property uh, be it uh, as a residential or as a commercial property uh, and if the landlord wants to I- move in and take possession of the property for their own use uh, then they have to give you one year notice yeah. uh, uh, and then the notice obviously has to be given in a certain uh, in a certain form uh, and this is important because you mentioned that you were rightfully evicted because you received that proper notice through the UAE notary so Dubai notary yep. and that clearly states while well, we want to to basically we want you to to move out a year from now it would to be a one-year notice and in your case it's because the landlord says that they want to sell right so that by law that is the correct process and therefore that's that would be a valid uh, eviction notice however yeah. there is still a caveat that that notice is only effective and the reasons are only valid if they're true so in other words if the landlord truly actually wants to sell the property and ultimately sells the property not only wants to sell, but ultimately sells the property. Uh, and, um, uh, and then another, another example is whether the landlord wants to move into the property, and so they evict you for personal use. And so the law provides that in the event uh, somebody, a tenant, is evicted on one of those grounds, um, on, under their presentation that either the landlord wants to sell the property or wants to move in themselves, and then they ultimately don't either sell or move in and instead rent it out to someone else then the tenant can seek compensation against that landlord uh, fair compensation. We'll come back and how the compensation is calculated uh, shortly. Uh, so this is an important topic especially now because as we know uh, the Dubai property market is uh, booming again mm-hmm. and it's very hot and <laughs> um, and the prices are going up uh, uh, exponentially and quite rapidly and, it, and what we're seeing is a trend now amongst uh, uh, property owners uh, who are evicting tenants uh, on representation. Either they want to sell the property or that they want to move uh, move in themselves. Uh, But in fact, uh, for them, again, obviously there are real examples, but I would still say perhaps in many ways there are more exceptions than the rule. Mm. I think the majority of evictions that we're seeing, that we're hearing about, are done on while well, they follow the kind of the correct protocol, but they're done on um, false representations. so the representations are as per the law, but ultimately the intentions are uh, are, are different. The landlord's intentions are different. Uh, they just want to evict the tenant and so that then they can rent it out for a lot more money and then after that they figured okay well yes maybe the law provides a compensation but who is ever going to uh, uh, to pursue us mm. uh, so there's also that and um, I have to tell you you know why we're seeing an upswing in, in cases like this is because, uh, landlords believe that a lot of their properties uh, are, are, you know, have gone up 100% in value, 50% in value. We just have a client now who's basically a business as their clinics, and they're being the, the, the new owner of the property wants to evict them, uh, on, uh, or actually first they said, we want to evict because we want to demolish the property or reconstruct it, but then they said, no, actually, we want to increase, and then they, you know, and then they wanted to increase by, like, Forty percent. They said, oh, "Actually, no. We want to increase by eighty percent." I mean, so that just gives you a flavor of why we are seeing such an uh, such an upswing in in cases is because owners, property owners, believe that the judging from the rest of the real estate market that their property values have gone up uh, so much more. So that's why they are very active now and therefore actively evicting, <laughs>
0: <laughs> actively, rightfully evicting or not. Well, let's take my example as a. Uh, as the case for the purposes of this podcast. I mean, in theory, my landlord says I want to sell the house, uh, therefore I'm going to evict you. Fine, I've received legally the correct notice, that's fine. Whether that's true or not remains to be seen. But, you know, is it worth it, me, I'll move to somewhere else and then going to the rent committee, the rent disputes committee and making a case if it's not true? I mean, is is it really worth bothering me?
1: Well, it really depends. It depends on the circumstances. It depends on how much uh, you've been prejudiced. Um, so if uh, you've just you moved out and you moved out to maybe a property that costs about the same or costs a little more, but maybe it's a better property, mm. um, then for some people, it's a matter of principle. Sure. And they just want to do it as a matter of principle. Now, I always say that's not necessarily uh, the, the perhaps a pragmatic decision it's more emotional and I would not want and I always advise my my clients kind of against acting on their emotions because it kind of gets exciting and you know, and uh, at that point in time, but once uh, can you go through the process? You just you quickly run out of your steam, and then you regret your decision. So I don't think that's necessarily being emotional is necessarily the right decision. That being said, some people feel very committed to the cause, and they just feel very wrong. And for them, it's harder to sleep at night without having basically tried to enforce their rights in court, even if their ultimate benefit is is marginal.
0: I mean, the thing is, you have I've had three months to think about this now, and. And I will have had 12 months to think about it. And I will move. But if I do then find that I've been evicted wrongfully, I will make a case. Uh, and I'm not emotional about it. And I think that time frame, that 12 months time frame, certainly allows you to simmer down a little bit, doesn't it? You, you, you look at it differently.
1: Uh, for sure. Uh, but at the same time, when you are being uprooted and you have to move your whole family, That's a, it's a quite, it's quite, it's it's quite an exercise and Mm -hmm. it's a burden. It's a burden, it's an expense. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's just, it's not just a financial burden, but it's also administrative uh, uh, challenge, right? Because if you have small kids and they go to school, perhaps you have a house that's close to your school. Maybe you selected that school because of the proximity to your house. Mm -hmm. Now you're being evicted. And in most cases, if you're being evicted, it's because the, the property, most likely property values have gone up quite significantly in that area area therefore for you to move out you'd have to move to a different area therefore in many cases farther away from the school so it truly it just it potentially has the effect of turning your whole life upside down um so the the burden is really quite significant and uh, and and this is why we have the laws that the, the way they're drafted the way they are exactly for that reason because um uh, otherwise, it creates it can it can, it can have the potential of creating a quite significant or chaos um, in in society in an industry uh, and so, and that's yeah you know, that's not healthy for uh, for the economy. Uh, so uh, that's why the law is drafted the way it is, and that's why these remedies are provided for in the law. Uh, so now, would you want to do it? would you want to pursue this because you you know, you just you convict you're convinced that this is you've been wrong, did you want to pursue it? And it could be an emotional decision um, so that's that's one decision. The other decision is when you actually have to pay a lot more money to have similar accommodation or similar um, options. Uh, and then you know the other option is, or the other reason is that uh, you know you basically maybe you just you weren't even able to find a, a, a similar a similar um, option or an alternative. So you've had to kind of downgrade. Mm-hmm. So you're really upset. You you know, and maybe you're paying the same, but you feel like you've been wrong because you're uh, a living a uh, uh, Sort of a a different lifestyle. So there's many reasons why you would want to do uh, why why you would want to do it. Now, the reasons aside, uh, one of the kind of deterrents in the past maybe would have been well, and this is why owners would have acted the way that they, they used to, is uh, who's going to do it? You know, having to go to court, you have to hire lawyers, you have to um, go to court, submit documents, stand in line, wait for these hearings, and so forth, which is how it used to be. So if, if you're trying to get compensation of twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 dirhams, and then in the meantime for you to represent, you know, to, to, to do this case, you have to pay lawyers, you have to pay the court fees, you have to potentially use your own time to go to the different hearings, and it's just, then you think, is it really worth it, or should I just give up? Thank <laughs> you. Now, that consideration is um, perhaps is no more for the most part, because all of these cases can now be, ma- not can be, but basically exclusively are managed online. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, the jurisdiction or the authority that uh, that oversees or enforces rental disputes or addresses rental disputes is what's called the RDC, the Rental Dispute Center, which is the rental court. And the rental court RDC that sits under the umbrella of Dubai Land Department and, and RERA, uh, it's entirely online. So so the whole, the, the whole process in the line, the proceedings online, you submit your request complaint online. Uh, you don't ever have to leave home. You don't have to hire lawyers. You could do it all on your own. The only thing is that you do need to make your submissions in Arabic. And, um, whatever documents you submit, they also have to be translated into Arabic, but these days it's so much easier. You just send it to any legal translator to have it translated, and there's translation centers and typing centers will, which will draft the document for you in Arabic. So uh, you could use Google Translate, because RDC, the Rental Dispute Center, is specialized for rental cases. Uh, therefore, procedurally, it's not as formal as other courts would be, as, as perhaps you know, more of the main courts are. Uh, so because it's informal, you. truly really can use just Google Translate. I mean, the court just wants to see the substance. It's a substance of a form. Uh, so you don't need to You don't need to leave the house. You don't need to hire a lawyer. You can truly do everything on your own. And the whole idea of this RDC, a specialized court, it's a lot more efficient and it moves a lot faster. Uh, so therefore, these days that the previous deterrent of, oh my gosh, the headache of having to litigate this and I'm not sure how it's going to be uh, interpreted or adjudicated at the end, it, is less of is a thing of the past mm. because now the law is very specific. The law is very clear. Now the law is fairly old; it's from 2007. However, there's been a lot more jurisprudence, jurisprudence that's enforcing and and further, um, for, further reconfirming this law is quite robust. Yep. Uh, so that's why now people know the law is on their side, the jurisprudence on their side, uh, the access to justice, you know, i.e. The, the the RDC, the court system is is a lot more accessible uh, and financially it's a lot more accessible. Therefore why not so now these days a lot more people actually uh, would uh, not just would but do actually file cases in in, in these uh, circumstances and they do monitor their landlords pretty closely uh, and um and and take them to court <laughs> yeah i was gonna say take them to task but actually they take them to court and so in fact why we wanted to talk about this topic today is one because this is what we're seeing that this is what's kind of what's Churning the market right now. There's yeah. so many eviction notices that are, and you were here, voila, there's a, a living example <laughs> sitting in in this room. Uh, so that's one. And two, because we're seeing a lot more judgments, a lot more jurisprudence coming out of RDC, reconfirming, reestablishing, sort of really reestablishing, but more reconfirming this principle and reapplying this principle over and over and over again. Uh, And it's pretty clear that in the event your landlord re-rents your property after the evicted you, it's called a wrongful eviction, Mm. and in the event they re-rent it, um, then... um, you can see compensation, and it's called fair compensation. Now, how do you define fair compensation is a question. Uh, and so it depends on how you measure it. Uh, one way of doing it is, let's say, if you move out of your house now, it's a three-bedroom house, and you move to a different three-bedroom house, and you now pay 30 40% uh, rent. And by the way, by law, for residential property, the landlord cannot uh, re-rent it for two years right and for and for commercial properties for three years, right yeah. right yeah. so basically, you could and you could see compensation for those two years, so let's say now you're paying you used to pay a hundred thousand, now you're paying one hundred and thirty thousand. you can say request look for these two years, and I'm paying thirty percent more for each year, so it's thirty thousand a a year or more, so you could claim sixty sixty thousand, for example, compensation. That's one way to do it. The other way, because remember, for a lot of people, um they just cannot afford, you know they move because they cannot pay. More than 100,000, it's not necessarily the case that they're going to move to a similar, uh, similar place and pay a higher price. They may just actually downsize. Uh, so, and therefore pay the same 100000 So how do you measure in that case? So then the way you could see compensation then is you would use a comparable, right? So not your own case, but look, like I had to move down, move into a two-bedroom versus a three-bedroom because if I were to move into uh, a three-bedroom, I would have paid so much more. And so then you take the basically kind of the depreciation value, if you will. So you're living in a two-bedroom uh, and it should have been a three-bedroom. So uh, so basically it's the same kind of, uh, ultimately the same amount you probably, come up with uh, well I'm you know, although I'm paying the same amount but I would have if I had been renting a, a similar property I would have been paying you 30 know, percent more for example
0: well that's a relatively easy comparison to make because there are so many of these cases and there have been historically a number of these cases so comparisons and, and precedents there
1: uh, for sure. And yeah, that's, uh, so there's different, yes, absolutely. And then there's, on top of that, there's other examples. And also in the court, we've seen them being enforced. As, for example, just the moving costs. That's also a yeah, cost, think, right? Yeah. You can add that to, uh, uh, and sometimes people had to move into hotels. So you can actually also present your actual expenses that you had to pay uh, as a okay. result of this wrongful eviction. So for example, you need maybe you needed to move to a hotel for, uh, for a while until you found uh, you were able to move it. And into your the new property, uh, maybe you um, had moving expenses. Maybe you had to pay for maintenance uh, team. Maybe you had to pay for painting of your new place and some sort of uh, uh, updates to the place. Because so you could, if you, if there are actual expenses that you have incurred as part of this again, a part of this move. You can also present them to the court to argue that this is part of your sort of damages, your losses because of this wrongful eviction, uh, and so and. The courts are, you know, the, the principle is very settled, very well settled, and they recite the same provisions from this, this law, which is due by law number 26 of uh, 2007, which regulating landlord-tenant relationships, and which was later amended in 2008, and it became kind of law number 33. So these are basically the laws that, um, that RDC cites, uh, and in particular, Article 25, uh, and so that principle is very well established. So there isn't mm. really much for debate. It's more about how you prove, you have to prove two things. One is that the landlord actually re-rented the property, right? And two, uh, you have to quantify the extent of your damages or losses.
0: Okay. So you can quantify the extent of your damages or losses. How do you, what proof do you need to show that your landlord has re-rented a a villa or an apartment? Because, you know, any villa or apartment residential space is uh, legally required to be documented anyway. So surely the proof is already there.
1: Right. And so this is another interesting um, angle is that, well, one way to prove it is let's say you know who the new uh, tenants are. You just ask them for a copy of the tenancy agreement. And Uh that's obviously not, and that's not. confidential because they, they, they're the ones who gave you this agreement and this they are the party of this agreement so they have full right to give it to you. Okay. Uh, so that's one way of doing it. The other way is because RDC sits under what I said earlier, DLD and RERA and also the, the service that's used to register all the rental agreements called a JARI. Basically there's also a relationship between DLD and RERA and RDC and the JARI. So you could actually request for the court for RDC to make a request to a JARI so that the de provides uh, the current tenancy agreement for that particular property. Right. Um, so the, in other words, kind of, it's, it's like a disclosure, but the court will request a particular authority, please provide me with this document. So that's another way of doing it, and that's a common way of requesting documents uh, as part of the court case.
0: And could you go ahead on that basis? If you feel like your landlord has you know, uh, wrongfully evicted you, and you feel as though he has re-rented it, could you make a case based on the fact that you think that's happened and request for that ijari, that that rental kind of confirmation? Is that Uh, a
1: good question? Yes, you can. Uh, And so if you obviously should be sure (laughs) that that there is a tenancy agreement because otherwise you will not be able to prove the main point. Um, But so if you have a pretty strong feeling about it, yes, you can file this case. Listen, I know that they're renting and so I want the... Because you may actually even have somehow a copy of the rental agreement but it, you didn't receive it necessarily in kind of the mo- most uh, legitimate way. Yeah. So you may not want to use it in the proceedings, but you know for a fact um, that it exists. Yeah. So that in that case, even if you have a copy of it, it may be more um, more advisable to actually request through RDC to request this uh, document from Ejari, and so that you have sort of proof of, of having received it legitimately. Okay.
0: It's all good to know. Uh, what what else do we need to know about wrongful evictions? Is there, is there anything that we've that we've missed?
1: Uh, well, I just think that uh, just going to recap is uh, uh, all tenants should be aware uh, that this the law is there. The law is very well settled. There is very um, there's profound uh, and uh, prolific jurisprudence uh, reconfirming the same principle and so the law is on, on tenants side uh, and but they just if they believe that the that are, they are being kind of bullied or toyed uh, with uh, they, um, they certainly you know, they should not be afraid to um, to enforce their rights under the law. Uh, and uh, there are ways of obtaining this information to prove your point, as, as we discussed, uh, and because of the accessibility of the judicial system and the ability to argue and present your case um, without having to necessarily spend uh, significant amounts on lawyers and, and court fees and, and, and translation. So much of this you can manage on your own. Uh, it's a worthy exercise um, that is very accessible to majority of people, and by the way, most of the people, I mean, a lot of people actually are making these kinds of claims and they're, a lot of these claims are managed by, by tenants themselves without really sort of much involvement from lawyers. So the courts are used to them uh and these decisions are being issued in many cases just on the back of people representing themselves so there's nothing to be afraid of, afraid of uh and um certainly the law is on their side and if you think it's you know it's 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 a significant or important enough issue for you then don't be afraid to uh, uh, to try to stand up for yourself and uh, argue your rights in court
0: that's logical. This time wrongful eviction, specifically here in Dubai. As always, thank you for watching, listening or both. Thanks to our legal expert, managing partner here at Yamalava and Plethka, Ludmila Yamalava. It's always a learning experience with you, Ludmila. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, you can find us at LY Law on social media Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. The podcasts that we produce are free at lylawyers.com and on your favourite podcast platform. If you'd like a legal question answered in an episode of Logical, or if you'd want to talk to a qualified UE experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com.